At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A warmer for the low. Welcome to Love You Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Pierce, and now part of the Eastman Family Podcast. We've got a two-segment show today as we are going to be joined by one of our good friends. That would be Kevin Sweeney, who does amazing work over at Heat Check CBB. We're going to have a two-part conversation talking a little bit about how Michigan State is looking now that Jaden Akins is going to be missing quite a bit of time due to injury and really the hierarchy of the Big Ten. And that's going to lead to a little bit of a bigger discussion as to gauging teams that they play a little bit of a different style than most teams in the conference do. For instance, the Big Ten, we know that you've got a lot of road grader big men down low that they look to pound the ball into when a team tries to zig while everyone else is zagging, for lack of a better term. How do we wind up gauging these teams, the volatility that winds coming with it? So we're going to have that chat with Kevin in the second segment. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letter CM, name me does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in these questions via an Apple Podcast review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but with that said, conference previews are going to be continuing on. You've got the SWAC and the Sunbelt before getting into the power conferences. So we're through quite a few conferences. As far, I believe I am through 22 in total, so those are going to be coming up on tap within the next few weeks. Just not going to do the news and notes of college basketball from Wednesday because, well, there really weren't too many, so hopefully we'll get a little bit more for the show on Thursday, but that said, had a great chat with Kevin, and that's coming your way next. Right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops, and now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back here from Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops and now part of the VEASAN family and podcast. And it is always great to be joined by our guest, as Kevin Sweeney. He does amazing work over at Sports Illustrated. Take a look at a wide variety of things, as I know that he does a great job with her newsletter, but we know this about Kevin Sweeney. He is a man that he follows college basketball first and foremost, and is one of the best 
in the business. You're able to follow him on Twitter at CBB underscore central as he also does the CBB central podcast and a man that always delivers the goods on this podcast as he's based out there in the Midwest. And Kevin, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks, Greg, as always. Eight weeks away, not even, but let's get it wrong. We are getting closer and closer to the upcoming college basketball season. And as we wind up getting closer and closer to the upcoming season, we're seeing more and more injuries because teams are starting to ramp up their practices. They're starting to try to get into as close to game shape as they're going to be. And we wound up seeing that happen to Michigan State over the weekend as Jaden Atkins, he underwent surgery to address a little bit of a stress factor in his foot. Now, it sounds like he should be good to go to start the season. He's going to be out for about four weeks, give or take a little bit on that timeline. But I do think that it is a big deal, even if he is out there for the start of the season, that he's missing a lot of this preparation because Jaden Atkins was one of those guys that I know that many people have been discussing, perhaps having that big freshman to sophomore leap and not ideal for Michigan State. Yeah, Atkins is really good. He's a guy that for Michigan State to be on a civil tournament team, they need to be productive and they need to be productive from the jump. So missing the practice time is a big deal. It's also kind of noteworthy, like stress issues with feet tend to be fickle and tend to linger. Josh Langford, actually at Michigan State, is a good example of this. Multiple foot injuries over his career that really derailed a very promising career at Michigan State. So you certainly hope that's nothing like that and he's able to come back and get back into the swing of things and contribute. But for a Michigan State team that will be tested early and often in this non-conference schedule with PK-85, with Gonzaga on a neutral court, with Villanova, with Notre Dame, this schedule is grueling. And so to have any sort of limitations on a guy that I think will be a huge part of this team and Jay Nakins, it's a big deal. So Obviously, this is a team that is not super deep in the backcourt. You have Hogard and Tyson Walker, who I think will both be you know big-time contributors. And the freshman, Trey Holloman, it sounds like they're excited about him. But for this team to go where they want to go, they need a big year from Jay Nakins. And so him going down at this time is big. And quite, quite frankly, I mean, look, Michigan State has 10 scholarship players, four scholarship guards, including Aikens. Like, this will impair their productivity and practice for the next month. They just don't have a lot of bodies. So I think that's as concerning a thing as anything. Yeah, and it's a Big Ten that I feel like is out there for the taking as well because I was talking about this with Jim Root on the podcast about a day or two ago as well. And with the Big Ten, you no doubt have a lot of good big men in this conference. Hunter Dickinson certainly comes to mind. Trace Jackson Davis. You're going to have Zach Eadie be a giant of the earth for Purdue. You're able to go down the list. Even Minnesota, they wind up bringing in something like Adasa Garcia. He's six foot eleven, even though he has a little bit of versatility. He's still a big man by trade as well. And when it comes to the Big Ten, whoever is able to bust through with regards to their backcourt play, I think could really be that surprise team. And if you don't wind up having Aikens firing on all cylinders for Michigan State because they don't necessarily have the size that a lot of these other Big Ten teams have, that sets them behind the eight ball in a Big Ten that is very much out there for the taking with no real Final Four contender. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think it's something to watch. A couple of years ago, during the COVID season, Maryland kind of overachieved. I think a big reason why was that they didn't have a true big, and they had to play Dante Scott as like a small ball five, and against you know the Hunter Dickinsons, who was a freshman at the time, against you know some of the great big men in this conference, it actually worked to their advantage because they were able to pull those guys away from the rim. Scott was able to space the floor. And I wonder if there's a couple teams in this league that could maybe take advantage of that and steal some games. I think of Illinois as a good example of this. You know, They're going to play Coleman Hawkins a lot of the five. That's a very different style of player than a Hunter Dickinson, than you know, a lot of these big men in the conference. Trace Jackson Davis, obviously. Cliff O'Mori. I mean, it is a very different style of team when you're playing with that stretch big man 
like Coleman Hawkins or a stretch big man like potentially Dante Scott could be that guy again. That's one thing I'm interested in. Could a team like Illinois, could a team like Maryland playing a different style than what we see in the rest of the conference? Could they have an advantage kind of stylistically in some of these matchups and, and steal some games that maybe they shouldn't win otherwise because they just put the opposing team's big man in tough spots defensively? Because the one thing with some of these bigs, I mean, Edie and Dickinson in particular, is they do struggle in space defensively. And if you could pull them away from the basket, it could cause some problems. And I think that that's something important to take a look at, not just with the Big Ten, but just all across college basketball. It's Kevin Sweeney does a great job over at Sports Illustrated showing me on the podcast, taking a look at teams that they're trying to, I always call it zig while everyone else is zagging. And by that, I mean, they do play, as you were alluding to a little bit earlier, a little bit of a different style. Like, for example, the Horizon League, you've got a bunch of teams that they play up-tempo, they shoot a bunch of threes, trying to take a look at a team that maybe is looking to play a little bit more slowly. Would that be of an advantage for them? We remember the Citadel back when Duggar Balcom was out there. We unfortunately wound up seeing a changing of the guard. It was always so entertaining to watch a Citadel be in the bottom 10 in defense in college basketball and just hoist up 100 million billion shots. But they were a team that was trying to zig while everyone else is zagging. And I feel like they're the most volatile teams because sometimes it winds up working out very well. Case in point, Virginia. In an ACC in which you do have quite a few up-tempo teams. You do have a few teams that they play a little bit slower, but you've got your explosive teams like Duke, North Carolina. You're able to go down the list. They stay true to that pack line defense. They're always very slow. It always winds up working out for them, and I think that that is something worth noting because it feels like these teams that they're looking to play a completely different style, they don't typically finish in the middle of the conference. It's either they finish towards the top, and they finish towards the bottom, no real in-between with it. Well, I think at the end of the day, any coach that does that has to be really good at imposing their will on the game, right? Like one of the things Tony Bennett's teams do a tremendous job of is they will not get into track meets with you. If you are going to beat them, you are going to beat them in a 62 or a 63 possession game. They're not going to fly up and down the floor with them. They're just not going to let it happen. There are certain teams that are the opposite. They're great at pushing pace. There are teams that are great at making games physical and mucking it up. I think of Jamie Dixon and what he was able to do at TCU last year. They're a great example of that. They forced you to play a rock fight every single night. And I think the teams that have had success when they, you know, zig when everyone else zags, if you will, the teams and the coaches who are able to be so disciplined in their principles that they're able to force the game to be played a certain way. I think Porter Mosher did a great job at Loyola Chicago dating back a couple of years. Obviously now now he's at Oklahoma, and I think it's harder to do that in the Big 12 just because of the styles of the rest of the league. But if you can make your footprint the footprint of every single game, you're probably going to be successful. And I'm so glad that you brought up Loyola Chicago as well because I know you're out there in Loyola Chicago's neck of the woods in the great city of Chicago, and they're going to be making a little bit of a leap up to the Atlantic Dead. I think that we both agree a step up in competition for Loyola Chicago, but even though they did wind up having a coaching change in the offseason, by and large, a lot of what wanted making Loyola Chicago successful, them being able to make the second week of the NCAA tournament in two out of four years, that still remains with Coach Valentine at the home for them. They were able to win 25 years. 25 games under Drew Valentine. There's going to be a little bit of movement, and it looks like Marquise Kennedy was having a little bit of an offseason injury scare on his front. He should be good to go for this team come the beginning part of the season. But what's their outlook for Loyal Chicago going up to the Atlantic 10? Because I think it would be far-fetched for them to be as dominant in the Atlantic 10 as they were in the Missouri Valley Conference. But they're going to be presenting a style in the Atlantic 10 that I feel like Atlantic 10 teams 
might not be completely not used to just because Dayton wound up playing very slow last season. I'm very curious to see what Archie Miller winds up doing at Rhode Island. Obviously, Frank Martin going over there to UMass. They're going to be playing a little bit of a different style as well. But you do have a couple teams that are rather slow, rather methodical out there in the Atlantic 10. So I feel like Loyal Chicago, not going to catch a lot of teams by surprise, but I still think that they're going to be a very solid team in that conference regardless. Look, I don't expect Loyola to be top 50 in tempo. But I think if you watched Loyola enough last year, you got the sense that like the days of grinding out possessions are over. And they really wanted to play faster, I think, than they did last year. And just, just because there's a lot of teams in the Valley that are really good at imposing their will. I mean, Southern Illinois, you can attest this, Greg. You're sure you oh, watch Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois is great. They were bottom 10 in possessions per game last year. Horrendous. I mean, it's, it's a horrendous style of basketball to watch, but it's successful. And Coach Mullins, I think, will have a top 100 team this year. But regardless, I think when you watch Drew and you see the way he works, and I've been to practice a couple of times and have a good relationship with their program, like they're going to want to push. They're going to want to play faster. They're going to take more threes. And I think last year their best offense was when they were able to get out and push and run early offense and find shooters. They had so much good shooting this past season. And I think they have an opportunity to do some similar stuff this year. Obviously, it's a very different looking team. It'll be a little bit harder, I think, for Drew because he has to navigate some of the chemistry things with new guys that they didn't have to deal with the last couple of years because they've been so experienced, so veteran. But the talent level is higher. They're bigger. They're more athletic. The recruiting pedigrees of these guys are, are really impressive. And I, I think they have a chance to be you know, in the mix for an NCAA tournament bid this coming year and certainly in the future because they're going to bring back a lot of this talent next year. They could be really, really good in 23-24. I mean, similar to where we talk about Dayton right now, I think they could be in that conversation the following year. They're, they're in really good shape. I mean, some of the talent they brought in, St. Thomas, who was a freshman last year, looks really, really impressive this summer. He's leaner. He can make shots. He can play the three and the four. Philip Alston's probably the most talented kid in the program. He's a D2 transfer from uh, school in Pennsylvania. He's really athletic, just a freak, and I think can do a lot of the things that here, Uguak did more talented offensively. You know, Norris and Kennedy in the backcourt. Kennedy will be fine. It was a minor thing, but he was going to be out through the summer and they'll be back in October for the start of practice, which is a positive thing for them. And so, you know, I think the only thing you look at with them is who's going to score. The main kind of guy that I think you expect him to, to step up. I mean, they've always been kind of a any different guys on different nights type of program. Even when Crotwig was there, it wasn't a like 17, 18 point a game deal. But I think they're going to need Sheldon Edwards to be more consistent than he was at Valparaiso. Certainly a guy that they saw. Uh, I think they gave up 20 to him both times. But I saw that and said, let's recruit this kid. And they did and got him. And so Sheldon can score with anybody. But I think that they're going to need him to be a little more consistent than he was at Valpo if they want to reach their ceiling and they want to go to the tournament this year. But I think the future is bright. And I, and I think stylistically it won't be a huge adjustment because I think the style of play that Drew wants and tried to put in last year was really more like an A-10 or a WCC game than what you see from the Valley. And I think that there was just more of a transition last year with all the veterans. Yep, and when you wind up having a new coach, it typically does wind up taking a few years to be able to get in all those pieces as well because it wasn't a lot of Drew Valentine's guys as well. It was a lot of Porter Mosher's guys. You wind up seeing a few guys from the Ivy League actually wind up coming over from Loyal to Loyal Chicago because they had to wind up getting those guys before the offseason began. So I wound up putting them in a little bit of a tricky circumstance as well. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated. And when it comes to the Atlantic 10, I do think that it's just a really intriguing conference in general because we mentioned the fact that Loyal Chicago probably not going to be like a top two, top three team or anything like that, but they're certainly going to be solid. There's two teams, in my opinion, that when it's all said and done could be in the top 25 and Dayton along St. Louis, who I absolutely love. VCU, 
you know that it's going to be a nightmare to play against them. Say Bonaventure, it's probably going to be a nightmare year for them. They lose literally 99.9% of their scoring from last year. There's not high expectations for me or necessarily a lot of people from them, but I mentioned the fact that Frank Martin goes to UMass. You've got someone like an Archie Miller that's over there at Rhode Island, even bringing in Fran Dunphy but just the coaches that they brought in the offseason. These are really good coaches. And in general, I think that the Atlantic 10, they're back in full force, even with Davidson being in a little bit of transition. I still think that they're going to be a team that is going to be a pest on a night in and night out basis. And I think that this is Atlantic 10 as a whole that is not going to be having any sort of a fall off. And they're going to be a tough conference once again this season for any team playing any of these teams in the non-conference schedule to deal with. Oh, it's going to be a blast. I mean, I think the depth, right? I mean, we'll talk about the top two, obviously, Dane and Slew. But I think after that, VCU, Loyola, George Mason's really, really talented. UMass is talented as heck. Rhode Island should be better. Richmond's got an NBA player in Tyler Burton. You know, the list goes on and on. Davidson, how could you forget about Davidson? Program that they built. So the talent and the consistency is really good. It's a question of how good do those teams wind up being? And do those losses when you play each other, are those good losses and are they good wins or are they 90th in, in, in the net and they wind up being like a Q3 home loss, even though, you know, losing to George Mason next year is not going to be anything to, you know, sniff at. This is going to be a really talented Mason group. So I think that's going to be the interesting thing with bids, but I'm really bullish on what Kim English has done there. I think he's one of the better young coaches in the sport. I know last year, it's kind of an up and down year, but you saw the improvement in the uh, efficiency numbers for them from a season ago or from two seasons ago, excuse me. And I think they're hopeful that, with Oduro and Gaines back and then Victor Bailey coming in from Tennessee, that they're going to be really, really good. So I like Mason. I really like UMass's talent. I think it's going to take them time to gel it all together, but the talent level, I could go to war with this UMass roster and feel like I could do it in the ACC. I don't know that they're going to be an ACC caliber team, right? Cause it's going to take time to mesh it all together. But like you run through this thing, that's a high major kid. That's a high major kid. Like Rizal Diggins, top 60 recruit, Matt Cross, proven high major Rotation player, Gapare, high major recruit, Levesque, proven high major player. Noah Fernandes can play on my team any day of the week, right? Isaac Conte started started his career at Georgia. He could probably play high major if he wanted to. Woodley, high major guy. Like this team physically in the layup line is going to look like a high major team. And I think they're going to be pretty dangerous as well. Yep, they are going to be pretty dangerous. I'm in agreement with you there. And you know what else is dangerous to the rest of the world of college basketball? The amount of great content you're putting out there, Kevin Sweeney, because you do absolutely amazing work over there at Sports Illustrated. You're doing a great job getting set for the upcoming season. And now that you do your ranking of one through this year, it's going to be 363 teams ranking them all. That is certainly a labor of love that you've got going on over there at Sports Illustrated. And I know that you do a good job with the CBB Central Podcast as well. I know that you've got a lot on your plate to get set for the upcoming season. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you've got going on in general. Yeah, the one that's 363 project is a lot of fun. A big one. Yeah, big one. But we're making good progress. And then we've also got conference previews and stuff that we'll roll out players to watch teams to watch everything you could need also on my podcast we've got conference previews rolling out we've got the big 12 coming out this week we have the pac 12 and the acc already so those will be really good if you're looking for kind of that in-depth kind of 10 minutes per team type of analysis on where things stand so certainly looking forward to record the rest of those and plugging away here with the uh, final two months final rush until Everything tips off in November. Yes, sir. I've started up on my VEASAN previews in June, and I've just been telling myself, get done with, on average, two and a half teams a day. You might have a day, what you do one or two. You might have a day, but you might have doing a few more. Just keep plugging away. Kevin is doing an amazing job getting set for the upcoming college basketball season, and always appreciate the insights 
when he's on this podcast. A big thanks to him for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soups, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at Juden underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these in the timeline and the other way. It is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. News and notes of college basketball along with conference previews here in the offseason. Then once we get in-season picks and analysis on every single game every single day. So I appreciate you tuning in today and I'll catch you once again tomorrow. Thank you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.